Oh yeah, we are back. It is Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth, or the guy in the suit and the guy in the sweatsuit. What's up, man? I'm, go- I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Let's start off with this, Jeremy. You've made Astro's Twitterverse very upset. <laughs> very upset. People are upset <sighs> with Jeremy Booth. Let me uh, backtrack to I, earlier know, in the I, week. I've been losing sleep over this. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. You, your, your eyes, you've got some bags under your eyes. So you had responded to a post on Twitter about trades and the trade deadline and the deals that we had proposed on Sports Extra, and you said they've got nothing to trade. The system is empty. Been saying this for two years. And then Astro's Future said, well, this is inaccurate. Well, and it all went downhill from there. I don't remember who, who, who started it on, you know, that isn't me. What I remember is that what I said, I replied to Eric Heisman's post, mm-hmm. who's somebody I, you know, that I, I know pretty well. Yep. And I said, essentially, maybe this might be the exact words, nothing, system is empty. That's how it started. And then it went kind of crazy from there. And, and I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you. I've been I've been around fans for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've heard some pretty nasty things from people at times. I'm not saying that this was nasty. What I'm saying is this is rose-colored glasses by the Astros fans. And and so I'm going to say this now before we break into it. This is a man, god, how do I I don't care if they don't want to agree with it. I don't care if they think Luno is the second coming of Jesus. I don't care. What I do care about is that I'm going to be honest through the lenses that people who actually need to make decisions, people who have done it before and people who are doing it now, look through. So what I've been saying here for two years, two years, right, is the Astros have, two years ago they were loaded in the system, but it wasn't the players they drafted. The players they've drafted are starting to arrive now. Tony Kemp, Tyler White, Josh James, Miles um, Straw, Miles Straw, uh, AJ Reed is a guy that's no longer in the system that was drafted. Of course, there's Whitley. Of course, there's there's Tucker. There's Corbin Martin. There, it's not like they haven't drafted big leaguers. And it's not like they haven't drafted um, what I would call role players. What they haven't drafted is guys that win you championships. And if Astros Twitter doesn't like it, too bad. They haven't done that. Now, that said, did the comment come out without as much information as it should have put? Yeah, probably so. Because, But even then, with the way the responses I got, I'd have got hit anyway. So, say it again. I don't. I don't care. What I what I what I what I will say is is that it's not it's not worth. I'm not going to waste my time debating something if somebody doesn't want to yeah. have an intelligent conversation. There was even one point when I said, um, "If this is the confusion, let me clarify." They were left a full cupboard. Mm-hmm. They traded those away, and no one said that Jeff Luno hasn't done a great job of trades or free agents. You haven't said that. Never one time. What I did say is they haven't drafted well. And drafting big non-winning players or championship players is how you get to this right now. It's how you get to having traded everything you've had in the system for, wait for it, Jason, surprise, other good players to come back, which you can then turn around and trade again. And that is what's happened with the Astros organization. That's what's uh, happened with Jeff Luno. When it comes to players they've selected, you can technically account Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers as guys they presided over. Bobby Heck drafted them. He was a scouting director. You guys never hear the whole story about what happens and comes out at all, ever. You never do because there's too much integrity in the game for people to tell you the whole story behind things. But you like it or not, Bobby Heck and Ed Wade, and they even inherited Altuve. They inherited Jose Altuve. They didn't even bring him here. Okay, What they did bring here was pretty good. Now, 
where you are now is that you've traded all those players. So what you have now are guys you DFA. You have guys like Tony Kemp and Tyler White that, while good in their roles, while help this club win a World Series, they're DFA'd. They're not going to carry you in a championship. George Springer, draft 11th in the country behind a guy or ahead of a guy I took at 12 as the area scout in Taylor Young at the University of Texas. So Bobby Heck was a scout. I'm, I'm not even debating that. If you, got, you want to get upset about it, get upset. I'm not going to be in a conversation that really has, doesn't go anywhere, and I'm more than happy to continue conversations they do. So let's look around the industry. What day is it today? Well, real quick, though, whatever you say, it's still not going to be good enough for these fans who believe that the Astros system is chock full of impact, impact major leaguers. Let me because ask- Baseball America has them seventh in the game or whatever, which I think is really high. I, I asked somebody, I don't want to interrupt you, I asked somebody who's a writer, actually after this, okay? I said, what do you think? And they said, well, we think the ceiling on Whitley's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, we like Corbin Martin's arm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Bukowski's is a reliever. We think he'd be a good one. Okay, fair enough. Seth Beer, second division regular who can hit. All right, whatever. Jeremy Giambi. No one said the guy wasn't a big leaguer. What we said is, there's other Seth Beers out there. What we said is, the guys that people want to trade, these guys don't want to give up. So while Tucker might be unique, and Martin uh, might be unique, and Whitley might be unique, Bukowski's not, neither is Seth Beer. And if those are the five you're holding on to, you have to dig a little bit. You have to go to A-ball. You have to go to Latin America. You have to reach. And you're not going to get something of impact backed up you win a World Series without dealing a prospect you don't want to unless you have multiples. While we're on that topic, if I've got 15 outfielders in the system that are top prospects, they can't all play. Only three can play in the big leagues, three can play in AAA, three can play in AA, three can play in A-ball. You don't think the rest of the clubs out in baseball understand that I might have to trade an outfielder? You think they're just going to give me what I want because I'm going to say down, I'm the Houston Astros, I'm going to get what I want because that's who I want. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. There's other smart executives out there besides the guy that's here, and no one said this guy isn't bright. He's extremely bright and done a great job in complimenting this club in a couple of phases. You can miss me with this, we drafted this guy and this guy and this guy, and we're loaded, and they're going to give me this and give me that. Where's the trades? JT Romuto get here? No, he went to Philly. They want to get Martin Maldonado back? Well, they couldn't even get that done. Now what? So I, wanna, I don't want to hear this anymore. If I'm the Astros, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing whatever I got to do to keep my core together. I'm going to get the guy from Atlanta I should have never let out of here. I'm going to get the guy to Tampa Bay I want to trade. I'm not continuing this. Or I better have something in the system to help. And if I don't have something in the system to help, I better have some way to go get those guys. And they're not able to do it yet. Now, if they want to give up one of the big – I'll do, I'll do this for you. The big five. Big five. I'll give you the big five. And I'm not a Seth Beer fan. No. But I'll give you the big five. Then they're going to get something. Then do it. Go give them Josh James. Go give them Whitley's hurt. What's this throw? Let's say Whitley. Give him Whitley. Give him Tucker. Give him Bukowskis, James, and something else. Go deal some guys you don't want to trade and watch what you get back. But you can't just sit there and hold the other 29 teams for ransom and say, we're the Astros. We know better. And Astros Twitter, I don't really care what you think. That's how the game works. I'm done. And I think, considering in some of the places that the Astros farm teams play, the numbers can be inflated. The Texas League, the yeah. Pacific Coast League. Yeah. What were the numbers for Tyler White in the minors? Hey, what were the numbers for J.D. Davis in the minors? You can go on and on and on. And I'm not saying that these guys, and we've said this over and over and over, we have said that it is so hard to play this game. So hard. And there, anyone who can even get to the major league level is somebody but 
There are aircraft carriers, and right now, the Astros do not have a lot of aircraft carriers. Some, not a lot of teams do. I'm not, that, that's not an indictment on the Astros or anybody else. But here's the situation. These guys, a lot of them are going to be big league role players. That's a fact. It's a fact. And while, while I don't even want to say names, this guy's having a great year in double-A, and, and this guy is... Is, is really putting up some numbers for the Corpus Christi hooks. Listen, man, you get them out of that Texas League environment. You get them out of those ballparks. You get them out of the Pacific Coast League. We've seen what happens. Now, think of the one guy that you raved about this year. And you even said, you said, I have never heard anyone talk about an Astros prospect like this guy. You said... Not Whitley, not Tucker, not Bacoscus, not Corbin Martin, not any of those guys. And who was that player, Jeremy? It was Jordan Alvarez. And what did what was the scout telling you? He said, "I'm not scouts. Say, I'm not saying he's David Ortiz, and I'm not saying he's Ryan Howard, but he might be." And but it's okay to say that because we're talking positively about somebody in the Astros system, right? Mm-hmm. I got to say this because I, I feel like it needs to be said. These aren't personal attacks on players and no one's saying that they're not good baseball players because let's be clear, if you're a professional, you're a part of the 1% in the planet who can do this, okay? And if you're a big leaguer, you're a 1% within that 1%. That's really good. That's really talented. But in professional sports, you're judged on winning championships. You're not judged on being competitive. And you know what? There's a lot of guys that played in the big leagues that probably shouldn't have been there overall. And that's happened, but they're still big leaguers. So you don't take anything away from them. But if the Houston Astros want to be competitive, then stay competitive. Keep drafting role players and be competitive. If you want to win World Series, you have to draft some other stuff of impact. Jordan Alvarez is a great example of a guy they got in a trade that Luno did a great job in for the nine millionth time. He's great at trades. He did a really good job in a trade. And he got an impact bat back who can anchor them for a long time and replace a draft pick like an A.J. Reed who didn't work. Okay, or a Brett Wallace that he drafted in St. Louis that came here at first with this part started this rebuild that didn't work, right? There's guys that aren't going to work, and it's never perfect, but they're not in position right now with what they have in the system to win a World Series and what they have internally. It's not going to happen. It's just not. And that means that the system is empty because unless you can go ahead and change an organization or add impact to other places, not just be a big leaguer, just be a big leaguer, your system's going to go the other way. True story. Seattle Mariners. I was a Seattle Mariner. Players they drafted before I got there, when I arrived in Seattle, all the publications had us second. Yeah. Okay? I was still in Milwaukee at the time because I was brought there by actually the guy that ended up as the GM in Seattle, mm-hmm. Jack Sorensic, but I was still there. I couldn't come over yet. There was a time sure. thing that had to happen. So the guys that they had in Seattle had a second. We had like Danny Holson and we had Brad Miller and we had Chris Taylor and we had guys that, well, I take it back. We drafted Chris Taylor when I was there, but we had guys who were really good, man. We were really good players. How did that work out? Within two years Not of well. that, those guys got to the big leagues, got exposed, and now we're 30th. So it's oh, prospects are, are always, and I, I say this because I'm not trying to be funny, prospects are always suspects. And so they arrive in the big leagues and prove it. And that includes Kyle Tucker, and that improves, includes Forrest Whitley, and, and Corbin Martin, who is going to be good, but as a reliever, Right. It just, it just is. And so, you know, for Astros Twitter to react the way they did, I'm sorry. I'm still going to tell you what is going on and what other people in the industry think that aren't fans. 
They're not emotionally invested in this. They're not, you guys are emotionally invested in this team. And if you've ever listened to me talk about drafting like this, I've said it's not fair to you because you guys are part of this city. You guys are going to be here before this GM. You're here before, going to be here after this GM, after the next guy. This city's going to kind of go a little for a little while, and so is the Astros. And so for me, um, I hope they get something done, but we're sitting on July 26th. We have five days. I don't know what they're going to get done, man. I said I said thirty percent was an opportunity. I, that that didn't that didn't hit. I don't know. Your reaction to the well, let me start with this. Um, some people saying that Jeremy is inaccurate. Jeremy um, that his take is dumb. That is what he is here for. It's an opinion. You may think that the Astros have seven or eight top guys. Guess what? That is also inaccurate. We won't know until years from now. We think there's some value there, but there have been plenty of guys. I mean, I could run, I could start running down a list. Ruben Rivera. Yeah, that's, there's was a huge prospect. Yeah, huge <laughs> prospect. Um, who's another good one? Delman Young. I mean, he was okay. Yeah, but he didn't live into his ceiling, you know, the expectations. Here's, here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want to have happen that I'm right with all this stuff. I wish I was wrong because then the city would have a window that stay open and guys like Garrett Cole wouldn't want to test free agency. They'd want to stay. And guys like Springer wouldn't say, what about me? They'd want to be here. And you'd have more than Altuve and Bregman. And by the way, Verlander's extension may feel like nine years. It's two. It's not forever. You'd have a window that stayed open. So I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but that said... I don't have – so now I'll just speak free – I mean, speak freely. I don't have the energy or the, or the time to deal with comments like that. So if you got blocked and you didn't like it, sorry, suck it up, okay? I'm not going to go with that. You want to address me straight up? You want to talk about something intelligently and go back and forth? Fine. But if you're going to stand on a soapbox and talk about whatever you're going to talk about, bro, it's, it's Twitter. I got nothing for you. We can move on. Good, good. enough? No, that's good because yeah. I was actually going to bring that up, a message to those people who seem to be um, – that think that because they've been blocked that they're and i'm not saying this is these people but people who think they've been blocked that just proves that you know they don't know what they're talking about or i'm right or they don't want to debate because they knew that they, they know they have a losing argument now that that and i'm not saying it's any of those people or any of those reasons Dude, you got other things. In I'll you. say <laughs> you I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going to dignify stuff like that, and I got no room for any kind of conversation. People that act that way. So for me, it's a simple block button, mm -hmm. and I went to bed. I, I went to back to what I have to do, which is day to day. Haven't thought about it since that moment till tonight. I really haven't. Like not one time did it cross my mind. Hey, who did I block today? What are they saying? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. And, and I would hope that you don't either. I would hope that you would turn around and have more meaning in your life than what happens on social media. So for me, if you're going to be direct and open, if you ask me a question, say, hey, did you really mean that nowhere in the last two years? And if, and if I actually went back to, and said, no, I didn't really quite mean that. What I meant is they'd be empty now because they trade everybody away. That's okay. what I said. But they I don't said, hear that. Well, I said it on TV. I've said it on this podcast and I said it on Twitter. And if you don't want to hear that, then don't hear it. Go back and read the articles that I wrote where I talked about having to replace it and what might be in the system or even the one we did preseason where I said they need some help from the pitching staff, right, in the system. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, my takes are terrible, right? They're terrible. It's okay. Awful. Oh, I wish, man, I, you know, I don't know how I live with myself. But before the season, I said they needed pitching help. 
Everybody's praising the Wade Miley, Brad Peacock, Colin McHugh trio, all of which are better in the pen. Miley's done a good job. McHugh's back in the pen, right? And Peacock's been hurt. He's been hurt, but he was doing well as a starter. None of those guys win you a championship. They help. I said, you need more to help out. You needed some help from the system. What'd you do? Whitley was hurt, so Martin came up, and he helped, and guess what? He blew out. Okay, now that's done. There's nothing else to go get. Why? Because you haven't drafted it. So now that you haven't drafted it, nothing else to go get. You better go make a trade. Well, you tried for Martin Maldonado again, and he said, I'm going to Chicago. Well, okay? I, I don't know no, if no, he, he did. Said he, did. That. he said, I'm out. I'm going to Chicago. I don't know if he said okay, that. Okay, fine. Fine. He went to Chicago. Better? He went to Chicago. Okay? So now that he's not here, what do you got to do? You better go acquire somebody. It means you better give something up if you want to win a World Series. And I hope to... Anything that's walking around this studio right now, that you do that, that the Astros GM and front office does that because you've got George Springer, Josh Reddick, Bradley, Bregman, Altuve back, Correa's coming back tomorrow. You still have the pieces of one of the best lineups we've seen in a long time, some of which brought here by you in free agency and some of which left for you by draft, and Bregman was drafted because Aiken didn't work out 1-1. So there's the pieces here to still win. I hope you figure out a way to do that. Oh, and oh, by the way, before the free agency season started, who did we target as an outfielder? Let me rephrase that. Who did you say would be a perfect fit in the outfield for the Houston Astros? Michael Brantley. It's actually on paper. Like it's written. It might still be on KSU.com. Go look it up. Okay? So while we're looking at how my takes are, t- I know they're terrible. I know, God. You, gotta live. I, you know what? There's a, simple, there's a simple thing. Don't follow. Don't follow. Just don't follow. Like, I, I promise you I won't cry over it. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Just don't follow. Okay? Or don't listen. So... Have more invested in yourselves and have more invested in what's going on and keep an open mind. But as far as this whole Astros hating thing, I'm just going to do my job and talk about how the city deserves people in the front office who are going to draft and replenish, draft and replenish, draft and replenish. I am also going to say that the guys in the front office have an exceptional job of making trades and acquiring free agents exceptional job. You know why? Because the stuff they does works in pro sports at the pro level. It works in A-ball, it works in double-A, it works in triple-A, and it works in the big leagues. It's where it works because it's analytical based when people are more finished products. We know where it doesn't work? The draft. And work in the draft. And by the way, while you guys are talking about TrackMan and all these other things that, oh, they get this at 14, there's no correlative value from a track from his, from numbers on a kid at 14 to 15 the way he's going to be at 21 22 zero so it doesn't work in high school baseball it doesn't it doesn't the things that work in high school baseball are things the Astros have only started to actually get back to get back to why because they realized their way didn't work now here's why I'll give somebody I've been especially hard on some credit Mike Elias I've known Mike since he started started at the same time okay I've been I've crushed him at times for decisions he's made you know what he's doing a pretty good job in baltimore he's doing a pretty good job okay good for him because when you do a good job somebody should tell you you do a good job but you don't also have to put these glasses on and say man i live in the city of houston and i pull for the astros so they got to be great and we've been told and we've been told they have this great farm system and that every one of the guys they bring up touches and turns to gold and the athletic actually came out a little while ago and said, "What, Jason? The gist of it was uh, it was um, it was some comments. Mm. Well, it was an article basically about the pitching depth, and then a number of commenters. I imagine, I don't know if they're all from Houston or maybe they're not from Houston, but they had commented, "Wow, this current regime hasn't really produced any quality starting pitchers." Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I thought they had aces down there in A-ball. 
So back to what I was saying about my take. Beginning of the season, I said they need pitching help, and if they didn't get it from the system, there wasn't much in the in the from internal, which I thought was Whitley at the time. There wasn't going to be much they could go acquire with what they had without. I think that actually might be on tape here, giving up the five guys they got or the four guys at the time because I'm still not a Seth Beer fan because I think oh, you can get him in your own system. I really think you can find him in your own system. Okay, but Whitley's and Tucker's maybe not. Tucker's makeup maybe it's coming around, maybe it isn't. Back to what I'm saying. Where are we now, Astros fans? We're five days away from the single trade deadline. The single trade deadline. Not the one where they got Verlander two years ago, which is the second trade deadline. There's one right now. Got five days to make a deal. I hope they do it. But otherwise, guess what? You got no pitching help internally, and you can't go get it outside anymore. So you've got to roll for the next two months with what you got. Jeff Luno has said that the way this team is constructed right now, he believes they can win a, a Game 7 series, a seven-game series against any team in the playoffs. I wouldn't argue that, but I wouldn't say they're the best team. It's not just about that. So playing in the postseason, we saw it last year with the Red Sox, right? Red, the, the Astros, for me, were better than the Red Sox. We were in Fenway. I said partway through the year, even at the beginning of the year at Minuteman, I said it's a better team than it was in 17 when they won it. Last year was a year to... Take it back, okay? So they didn't do that, but they didn't do it because they didn't play well at the right time. It wasn't because they weren't better. They didn't play well at the right time. This team's going to get to October. We talked about it already. They're going to win the West, and they're going to do what they do, and they're going to play in the postseason. They might win the first round. But they run into a seven-game series, and now here comes the pitching, an extended look at the pitching, right? Then what? Then what? Go back and look at the postseason. Are these things 20 to, 20 to 10? Are they 15 to 14? Are they No, they're 3 to 2. They're 5 to 4. They're 6 to 3. You got to have some arms. You got to have fire coming out of the bullpen. Not three-a-day-old chicken. Fire coming out of the bullpen. And you got to have guys that understand how to extend in the games and turn the lineup over a couple times. I know it's a bad take. I know. I know it's a bad take. Bear with me. But you have to have that. And so if this team can get not just one guy but two, they need two, okay? Because you got to get through four. So you figure McHugh's in the bullpen. Miley and Peacock can give you something. Even if you count Miley as your four, it's probably really a five. And well, he's probably he's three now, but now. He's probably really a five. And Peacock and Miley together with another bona fide one or two or even a solid three, this team's got a chance. But you can't do that by hanging it on these guys. I'm done. A lot of people I know to say, who's this Jeremy Booth guy? Well, let me tell you who he is. He's a former scout for the Mariners, the Brewers, and the Twins. And no matter what I throw at this guy, he's not always right, but he's pretty darn close. Baseball, the first two things you learn in baseball, Jason, is that, and, and I didn't learn this for a while, and it took a, a, my former scout director, Bruce Side, who passed five, six years ago now, maybe longer, um, to teach me this. Okay, what he said is, he said, baseball has two types of people. Those that have been humbled and those that are about to be. Okay, and at the time, I wasn't humbled yet from an evaluation standpoint. I flat out wasn't. And, and scouts, when they go through it, and, and, and front office people and executives and, and development people, you think you got it figured out. Like, you think you, have, you, you don't. You don't. You might have. You were the hot flavor at the time. I mean, I, you look at my, my record in scouting. I'll stand on it any day of the week. Like I, my, we go over my reports all the time. I'm okay with my track record. I'm fine with that. So, um, and when, and the conversations I have now with my peers and, and my mentors are, are always geared around what we're doing with this and what the next step would be. Am I interested in that? And 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 I got one guy who I'm not going to mention because 
That's just something we don't, we don't talk about all that stuff. Who has said to me, be patient. Well, you know what? I, it, it would take a, an act of God for me to go back to a club. And it's not because I don't miss those guys because I talk to them all the time. Our relationships are great. Um, it's just not, I'm not ready yet. It's not for me. I have a really good time doing what I'm doing. I like my life. I like doing this with you. <laughs> I like being able to do the stuff I'm doing with New Balance Baseball. I like being able to say what I want. Okay? And you can't always do that somewhere else. And it doesn't mean there aren't people I would work for. The Boston Red Sox are an exceptional organization. I work for them. The, the Tampa Bay Rays are an exceptional organization. I work for them. The New York Mets, believe it or not, with the guys, friends I have over there, if it meant doing it with them, I, there's places I would go. And Jason knows there's conversations I have had where I've said no because it's not the right time yet. What I can say is, even with all of that on the table, you don't have it figured out. You just don't know. No matter what analytics you look at, no matter what games you see, the best part about this thing is it changes every day and you don't know. So I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I'm okay with my track record. I'm okay with the methods I use to get there. Sorry, Astros Twitter. I'm not, but I'm telling you I am. I'm sorry. Say that again. What were you? I'm sorry. What would you say? I said, I'm sorry, Astros Twitter. I'm not, but I'll tell you I am. We've done about 24 minutes. All just on this. All it's on unbelievable. that. <sighs> I had so much stuff planned for tonight. It was tonight. a long day today. It was a good day. It was a good day. I mean, what else we got? We got... Well, here, let me... Let me, let me um, sorry. Go ahead. Let's dive into Tyler White and Tony... Um, uh, well, White's going to really Dodgers. Worth? Yeah, it, well, it, it changes the roster composition. I, I, this is what I'll say about these two guys. Okay. Good clubhouse guys. Yep. Good role players. The Astros clubhouse, and this is a credit to A.J. Hinch and nobody else, okay, is an exceptional mix of people who pull together to pull for each other. And that is something that A.J. Hinch deserves a ton of credit for. The best thing that A.J. Hinch is doing aren't the X's and O's. It's getting those players to believe in who they are and to come together as a unit. The chemistry in that place is great. I really feel bad for Tyler White and Tony Kemp because they got a ring. They helped this team here. Um, White's got a home. Excuse me, Tyler White's got a home. Tony Kemp, we don't know yet. Um, he'll, he'll latch on. He'll play somewhere. Am I right in saying that when you look at the difference between Tony Kemp and Miles Straw, whom you assume that that was the battle for that final position, that basically Miles Straw has one elite skill, whereas that, Tony Tony Kemp Tony Kemp does not have that. That's a that's a very good that's a very good starting point. Is that Straw has an eight, an eight tool, two to eight. So he's got an eight, um, but. Yeah. Running speed, of right? Course. But but the the writing on the wall for this was really, and, and you brought it up to me, was when Miles Straw was getting reps at shortstop, because the super utility guys got to play short, got to play short. Ben Zopris, the, the 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 poster boy for super utility, he's only a super utility because he can play short, not every day, but he can help out there. I don't know that Kemp can. Straw can play center field if he has to. He I don't play. think he's ever played short. I mean, he was right. a na- he was a natural second baseman, right. second baseman at Vanderbilt, right? Right. And a little so, outfielder. So for obviously. a bench player, Straw's got options. He has an elite tool. He can play short if he has to. He's shown aptitude in the big leagues to learn how to do these things. Um, he's making less money, at least in theory, because he's got options left, right? He's making minimum. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. And it made sense that they did it white first and then Kemp, which is what we talked about before when we talked about the DFA candidates. Um, you know, Kemp's going to be made. He makes making room for Correa. Um, you know, White's been off now for, what, eight days? Seven, eight days. So he was just, you know, he's shipped to the Dodgers in a trade for the scrub for, for a power right-hander from what I'm understanding. There's a chance to be a fringe reliever. But yeah, I think he's right-hander. got a chance. I mean, here's a guy that throughout his career 
is striking out more than a batter per inning and holding the opposition to a batting average under 200. And and when you've got a guy who I think is about 6'4", who's doing that, yeah. and he's now even doing it in double A, I think you got a chance, right? That's a, that's a guy who's got a chance. He's got a chance of light bulb go on. He's 24, he's in double A, so it's not early. No. But he has a chance of light bulb go on. This is, just for you those at home, Astros Twitter, this is how this works. Um, what happens is players DFA. Right? No, I think they know all that. Well, let, let, let me no, I think they know I got, all I this. Do this. I, I think they know I'm all I'm going to feel better if I do this. Okay, go okay. ahead. So then when it comes to a trade, the Dodgers in this case will say, hey, we have this menu of guys you want. We want Tyler White. Pick one. So then the Astros picked one. You didn't get Jock Peterson, did you? <laughs> but you got something out of the system to add back. So that's how this thing works. So you know, it's not like the Astros fleeced anybody. Now, if this guy becomes an impact big leaguer at some point, or heck, I'll even say if this guy gets to the big leagues for longer than a day, they did a great job on the trade because they're not expecting him to do that. The Dodgers don't trade a guy they think is going to be an impact big leaguer for a player they DFA'd. Didn't happen that way. So, you know, but Luno has been very good at this type of stuff. This is where he's actually shown. He's shown in how you augment the system through trades. He's shown in how, shown how you've done it through the rule five. That was Marwin Gonzalez, right? So that's how that works. Okay, you went a different route, so that was good. I thought you were going to just basically give us the whole DFA, no, 10 days, all that no, thing. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, on the last Sports Extra, we did our trade proposals and had you play GM. You didn't accept all of the trade proposals, one but you did accept good. the one for Madison Bumgarner. I'm not going to get into our proposals and the players involved, but I do want to say, ask you this. Can you please put that GM cap on again, which I'm sure you have no problem doing? A team like the Giants right now, if you were in their position, would you be buying or selling? How, when you're in the front office or a scout for an organization, how do you determine if you're a buyer or, or a seller if you're in this I don't want to call it no man's land, but you're in this position where things can go really well quickly and things can go downhill quickly. So you want the first question and the second question answered? Go ahead. All right. So the second question is I'm looking at a couple of things, and, and it's, it's sad to say this, but part of it's PR. So when, when Farhan Zaidi got there and they didn't do well right away, of course, everybody, you know, he was like, you're, you're the devil, right? We got to win right now. This is San Francisco. And now the what? They want to run, and they're playing well. And some of the young guns they had in the system are doing their thing. If I'm the if I'm the Giants, I got a chance to keep my city energized. I've got to feel that my team is playing over their skis. They're early. We talked about it last year with the Braves and the, and the Phillies and things like that. They're early. I want to keep that momentum. I want to go out and get something. I want to buy. I want to go out and get something that's going to help this club go. Bumgarner, if I do anything to extend him, it's two years. I'm talking about in San Francisco or even in the trade I accepted that brings him to Houston. I'm extending him for two years. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. And if they're going to do that there, or even if they don't, you got to go out and get something to help this club win the second half of the, of the season. Now, if you don't, you take your best shot the rest of the year, doesn't work out, and you tear it down in October, no one's going to say anything because you're starting off the year torn down and that's the movement. You put it out there ahead of, ahead of time and you get it going. Where this happened this year was when Zaidi got in there, when his scouting director, Michael Holmes, got in there, right? When all those guys are, it, this is their first year understanding the system, what's really in there, what they're going to do with it, which way they can possibly go. So for right now, keep the city galvanized, try to push and get what happens and then tear it down and go get your own guys. They're three and a half right now out of a wild card spot. You've got 
the Phillies one game out, the Brewers two games out of the wild card, the Diamondbacks, the Giants. I think a half game to three and a half games Mm -hmm. is reasonable. If I was the Padres at seven, at seven games behind, I, I, I think that that, I think that would be my cutoff. At but, like five games, I think would be my yeah, cutoff. Yeah, but, but different with the Giants than the Astros to compare the two. Okay. Okay. And I don't know the Giants system exceptionally well, so I'm not going to you know speak out of sure. school. What I am going to say is their guys are in the big leagues right now are playing well, and there's other guys in the system that can they can get something back for. Um, I'd probably do that. Now, if you don't feel like you have to, you have to feel like if, you, if you're to them and you know your teardown model's coming anyway, whether it's now or later, you don't give up something like a Tyler Beattie or some of the other players that they have in the system that just got there helping them win because you're still trying to figure yourselves out anyway. And they're cheap labor. And they're, yeah, yeah. But if, you're, if your whole move is a rebuild, tear down and rebuild, you're not giving up the guys that are part of that rebuild. And Bumgarner probably isn't part of that rebuild, right? But Posey is, right? Posey probably isn't either. Well, I mean, look at the, where they are in their careers. They go somewhere else. How about this, Houston? They come here. What's that do to this club here? Right? So for them... For their value, don't you think Posey and Bumgarner are on two different planes? I yeah, think I, they I, are. I just I think it's more about the age. I think it's more about the timing, the position, the impact, the charisma. I'm not saying either one looks right out of a Giants uniform. What I am saying is, if I'm the Giants, I have assets that need to go somewhere else. If I'm in a teardown, it's not fair to them to keep them there. I have 29 other clubs who would love to have both guys. Right? I'm going to figure out where to move them to get some return back to have my entire rebuild. That's what I'm doing. Otherwise. I got two guys going to finish their primes in a series, in a system that is going back to last place. That's the design. Go back to last place, tear it down, let my kids learn together. So, um, again, not trying to speak out of school. If I'm them, right now I'm adding and I'm tearing it down in October. Interesting. Interesting. So which of these guys that the rumor mill has been churning with, Marcus Stroman, Baumgartner, Paul Gallant, our friend Paul Gallant, thought Trevor Bauer. I don't see that one happening. Nope. Um, maybe Mike Miner. Mike Miner's, yeah, he's possible. Any but, of these guys you think you would put um, ahead of the others in terms of a probability for them to land in Houston? I'll go backwards and I'll start with Bauer mm-hmm. and why he doesn't make sense. First of all, well, I know, I know, I know exactly why he doesn't make sense. Well, personality-wise, he's a, he disrupts his clubhouse. Okay, him and Cole hate each other, have forever, allegedly, allegedly hate each other. Um, Bregman and him have had public Twitter wars. It's just not the type of person you bring somebody into this. You don't do this. First of all, to trade for Bauer, you have to give something up pretty good. Mm. And he's a guy that says one-year contracts for the rest of his career. There's no shot. I'm even thinking about it, okay? Stroman, on the other hand, is a guy that I, I bring here. Um, as long you as he, You said that you didn't think he would fit. On talent, okay. yes, he does. But I, what I was getting ready to say is I bring him here as long as he can fit with these guys. This is not his team. This is Bregman's team. This is Altuve's team. But this I think Springer's. he would be okay with that. I can't speak for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't want to speak for an athlete. Sure. What I, what I would say Nor is, should you. What I would say is there's enough personalities here that are big mm-hmm. that carry the spotlight, that kind of compete for the spotlight, but find a way to make it work between Correa, Altuve. Altuve is not a competitor. He just kind of carries it. Springer's the same way. He doesn't compete for it. He just kind of carries it. But you got Bregman and Correa. You got 
big personalities here that Strowman would slot in here, and he wouldn't be the one. He hasn't come here to be the one. He's probably the three. Verlander's earned that position. He's going to keep it. Cole's earned that position. He's going to keep it. So Strowman's behind them in the three slot. I don't think Strowman's that type of guy to want that forever. So anything I give something big up to get, understandably, you want a long-term deal or to extend it to keep the window open, one of the two. So I don't think that necessarily makes a lot of sense. Mike Miner makes sense. Bumgarner makes a ton of sense because he fits the window, right? So I got news for you. I wouldn't give up Whitley, and I wouldn't give up Tucker right now. And I take that back. I would give up Tucker. I wouldn't give up Whitley. I wouldn't give up Corbin Martin because they're hurt. Um, I'd give up Bukowskis, and I'd give up um, Tucker, and I'd want Bumgarner and something else back. That's what I do. So you would say your deal would be Tucker, mm-hmm. Bukowskis, right, and probably another guy. Yeah, an A-ball guy, and I and I'm fine for Bumgarner, right. and then maybe something else, a prospect, something else, something else. Because Bumgarner, but again, I'm extending Bumgarner for two years. I'm keeping here with Springer and Verlander, and hopefully Cole, and and you know, I'm, I'm adding to the mix. I'm not trying to get him here for a year and be gone. That's me. Otherwise, go get Mike Miner. Mike, you can get Mike Miner. You know, go get something like that and see what you get and add him to the mix of, and again, nothing against Mike Miner, but add him to the mixes of fours and fives and and some reclamation prospects and, and guys that are just not, you know, not what they were five years ago and see what you get. Now the question is, would Mike Miner... Would Mike Miner be a guy that Astros fans would, would be excited about? I think at this point, they'll take anything because of the situation where they don't have a four and a five. I think they'd be excited about it for that, but also because it's something that Luno traded for. This guy's done a pretty good job in yeah. trades, and I think that he's got, you know, the rose is, is still in full bloom here for some, for some people, but mm-hmm. um, Miner can help you. It might catch lightning in the bottle, and he can help you. Um, you know, it's it's it. You don't really know. You don't really know. And he's obviously had a, a, an up and down last couple of years, so we'll see. But for, for what the Astros have in the system that they're willing to trade, that's what you're looking at. Since we've spent uh, 35 minutes, should we wrap it up with this? Go back to one of your old scouting reports. Yeah, you said Cardinals are in town, right? We said, well, no, no, they're going to uh, going St. To St. Louis, Louis. Yeah, with the Cardinals. Next up, I went through the email. I went through your old scouting reports and I pulled out this, which is one of our favorite parts of the podcast. It is when we review Jeremy's old scouting reports. This how's that, one is. How's that take? Huh? How's that take on that on Waka? How is it? You just gave it away. Well, I got to say who it is now. Michael Waka. Is it a good take? This is from 2012. Michael Waka, now a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's read what you wrote. Back in 2012, I loved this guy. <laughs> Michael Waka, a two-starter. Michael Waka, a two-starter in major league role, athletic with above-average strength, tough kid from East Texas that has thrived on the big stage at Texas A&M. Has three pitches. He shows the ability to command, command now and the aptitude to make adjustments when he needs to on the mound. Tendency to rush out front with his short stride and energy level and walks from his arm losing his command. I've got to reread that. Let me reread that. Tendency to, tendency to rush out front with his short stride mm-hmm. and energy level 
and walks from his arm losing his command, meaning that's where the walks come from. Okay. Fastball, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Fastball has plane and arm sync with bat breaking life. Curveball can act as two. Uh, curveball can act as two pitches with velocity as he adds and subtracts. Changeup has heavy fade and sync with deception off the fastball. Uh, what else? Turns the ball over some and loses hand slot, but shows the ability to extend his pitches with his finish, keeps his direction, uses his legs, but uh, comes out of them some after release. This is, the, this is the line that really stuck with me. Has some room for improvement in repeating his delivery, but plenty of now stuff and aptitude to make a difference sooner rather than later. And what did Michael Waka do? He burst upon the scene. You said would take in round one, must take in round one. And that is your write-up on Michael Waka. You said um, 60 fastball. 50 curve in the future, um, overall command 55, uh, what else? Overall control 60, can he pitch a 60, Changeless. has a plan, knows how to change speeds, keeps hitters off balance. The, it's interesting, this is the, one, this is the one scouting report I've seen where there was no player comparison. Instead, there was a body comparison. Before I give the body comparison... Do you recall why there was no player comparison on here? Yeah, because sometimes players, they, they're just their own. And, you know, for me, this guy, the way he did things, at the time he had two breaking balls, a slider and a curveball. I only graded out the curveball because I thought that's what it would be in the end. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he, his stride was a little short. He's six foot six. It was a little short stride, kind of catapulted off the mound a little bit. His arm, that's the energy level. He was an up-tempo up type of guy. He walked from his arm, and that just meant that his body went away from his release point. So the, his body was going one way with the stride, and the arm was out here. But when he kept it together, it was pretty special. And he reminded me physically of somebody yes. at the same point. But I figured he'd be his own guy, and that's why I didn't put a comp. So the body <clears throat> comparison, you put similar to a young Mike Mussina, and really... I didn't um, get that right off the bat, but now as you have your computer up, as you've had for the past 40 minutes, now that we've gotten to this, you are showing me a picture of Mike Mussina's arm action and a picture of Michael Waka's arm action. So that's Waka. And um, yeah, they are very um, similar. There's Mussina. Well, I can't show you here. So let's see. Maybe try, try it again. That's Mussina. Okay. Okay. You know what? People are listening to this, and, and there's Michael Walker. That's Walker. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that was still uh, pretty good, man. I mean, Michael Walker's had an up-and-down career. Um, injuries have certainly played a role, and a part sure. in that. But you said major league role, number two starter. For sure. Number two starter. You said that... Uh, ETA would be 2014. You know who I liked better than him? And while I see your computer is restarting, <laughs> um, what when did he get here? He got to the bigs in, uh, let's see. Well, that was 2013. That was 12 draft. I want to say he got there at the end of 13. So he was a little ahead of, the, ahead of me. Wow. Who did you like? Oh, I know who you liked ahead of in that draft. <clears throat> he got there in 2013. Yeah. In that first year, he was 4-1, and one, man. He was 4-1. and one. He won 17 games, was an all-star in 15. That's right. And he's 
been up and down uh, mostly since 15. Won 12 games in 2017. Overall career record of 59 and 36. 162 game average of 14 and 8. So these days, that's a number two starter. I liked Kevin Gosman ahead of him. Yes, you did. That's what I liked. And, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at both guys' career mm-hmm. next to each other, but that's what I liked. But I loved Waka. It's funny. I just drafted Taylor Youngman the year before. The guy was taking behind Springer. My scouting director and I were sitting there at A&M. And another player called Tyler Naquin mm-hmm. with them at Outfielder, the same time. Yeah. Right. And um, Max said to me, he said, who do you like, you know, Waka or Youngman? And I said, I like, I like Waka. And he goes, well, I like your guy. And so I like Taylor too. I signed him, but I like this guy. And this was a guy I wanted. I loved him. I loved him. We were picking three, took Zanino. There was no shot we were getting Waka. Anyway. I'm trying to look up. uh, That take was okay. (laughs) I'm trying to look up Gosman. Gosman has a career war of uh, 10.4. And Waka, because that's kind of sometimes the easy way to to compare draft classes. His war is uh, 7.0. I'm sorry, Gosman's what? 10.4. 10.4. And Waka is? 7.0. Hmm. hmm. Can, we, can we do Gosman's report next time? I think we've already done it. Did we? we already? I loved him. I don't know if we've already done that. Oh, that was a guy. I was like, we got to take this guy. He went right behind us at four to Baltimore. What's Zanino's war? There's a kid in the big leagues right now I compared to Alan Trammell playing for the Pirates. Newman? Yep. Uh, Zanino's War is 7.0. Hmm. Hmm. Imagine that. You're a big Kevin Newman guy, huh? I would. I loved him. I loved him. I was like, this guy's under, unappreciated. Nothing's flashy. He just hits. He's going to play short. He's going to stay right there. Oh, he's got to go to second. Nope. Stay right there. The Pirates got him and Cole Tucker, you know, in the middle. So it's going to be interesting to see who plays what. But Newman's a guy. I loved him. This is crazy. I know the Pirates are out of it, but... Um... Do you think the Astros, and this is just, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall, Chris Archer, or because they've got too much invested in Chris, Chris Archer and the fact that they traded away their best prospects, they would not move Chris Archer. <clears throat> I thought about Chris Archer when we were doing the trades on this on the show. I was wondering if somebody's going to take Chris Archer and throw him in the mix. That's a trade that I would do if I'm both sides, Astros and the Pirates. However, um, the Astros got to want to be willing to give something up. They got to want to give something up. And it's not going to be some kid out of A-ball. Like, they're going to have to give something up to get him as well. They should. And I don't think they're going to do it. But that's a guy that, for me, is an exploratory talk between both both clubs. Now, the Pirates are going to be on the lookout a little bit as well. They should because, well, the Astros won the coal trade. Yeah. So they're going to be on the lookout for that a little bit. And, you know, not everybody wants to deal with these guys. So... You know, we'll see what happens. But that's one that fits, Jason. That's actually a pretty good one for both clubs. And when you think about Archer and his career and what he's been able to do and how it really is stunning when you look at the Pirates and how they've been able to resurrect resurrect some pitchers' careers, right. it's stunning to me about how far this guy has fallen. Right. Because usually you go to Pittsburgh, right. you put in your time there, and then you go somewhere else because you, you got better. You, right. you resurrected your career. He's one of the, the rare instances where things have fallen apart. And my thinking is, is if anybody can fix him, it'd be the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, the Astros done a good job with reclamation projects for sure. They really have. So um, 
Charlie Morton. Yeah. Charlie Wayne Morton, Miley. Charlie Morton's probably the poster child for that. Yeah. You know, he, he came here and um, was a different guy almost immediately. And you know what? Brent Strom des- deserves a lot of credit for that. And Verlander's been a different guy. Yeah, let's be honest. And their work with Perry Husband through Brent Strom has a lot to do with that, which is liquid analytics, guys. It's a little bit different than spin rates, but um, it's it's they've done a really good job in thinking outside the box. And the question is, do they have time to do it halfway through the year? It's a two-month deal now. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. For me, it's a guy like Bumgarner that makes sense if they can extend him, um, or a guy like Archer. Those make sense. Archer, right though, to me, smells more like an off-season acquisition, right? So is Bumgarner. Well, no, what I'm saying is the fact that, like, do you really want to work on fixing a guy when you're in when you're getting ready for October? But yeah. then again, they're so far ahead in their division that maybe they do could take a flyer. He, he's a guy they could get, and it depends on what's really wrong with Chris Archer. I mean, if I, if I had, you know, an hour with some video, i tell you, but um, you need to kind of... It, it, that one's a fit. That one's actually a, a pretty good fit. It's just we'll see what happens. All right, we've done uh, almost fifty minutes. Twenty-five of it on Astros Twitter. <laughs> All right, everybody, for the man in the sweatsuit and the man in the suit. Thanks for listening. Leave your comments below. We're always interested in seeing what you think and how you feel. And um, yeah, see you Sunday. See you Sunday. All right, everybody. For Jeremy, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening and watching to Extra Bases.